I've always tried to be a role model and that's the biggest thing is to uh, look the part, be, um, but yeah, really, but be accessible for people, I think, and be real and show all sides to yourself. So if I can leave a legacy is to, to be that role model, but obviously, but be human as well. I think that's important. And, um, you know, uh, yeah, just to be a strong leader, I think is, is how I want to show up and um, encourage people, as I said before, my why is just to, for people to believe in themselves. So I think that's really my legacy as to, is to pass that on and inspire and influence as much many people as I can, you know. Welcome to the Lindsay Morrison podcast. Lindsay is a leading consultant in the world of group fitness. As an international trainer and presenter, join Lindsay as she chats all things group fitness, fitness management, and interviews industry experts on the latest fitness trends, stats, and insights. This is episode 20 of the Lindsay Morrison podcast. And on this episode, I was joined by the incredible and inspirational Kylie Gates. Kylie is the creative director for Les Mills um, and her career spans a massive 25 years with the company. And we, we, we talk about that in the podcast, you know, what, what has made her stay with Les Mills for so long? What has created longevity in her career to um, keep her doing what she's doing, to keep her teaching her classes uh, and to keep her passion alive for what she does? We also talk about um, yoga, another big passion of hers, and she's also training to be a certified coach. So she's going through her coaching certification at the moment. So we talk a little bit about that. This podcast is heavily filled with questions from you guys. So thank you so much for hitting me up with some questions on social media. Um, big shout out to the LMUS instructors who gave me a bucket loads of great questions. So I hope if you are listening to this episode that you hear some of the questions that you posted specifically on Facebook. Um, as always, please re leave a review on iTunes. Um, it would be hugely appreciated and it helps me keep doing what I'm doing um, providing me with feedback um, and hopefully providing you guys with value in every episode that I do. Before we get into the episode, I just want to share a couple of things with you. I've been working hard on developing my Be Your Own Boss brand, which is under the umbrella of my self-leadership um, coaching business, Lindsay Morrison Coaching. So I've got lots of exciting things happening there. I'm currently building a website for my business. Newsflash, my website is actually built. So um, please go on and check it out. It's www.lindsaymorrisoncoaching.com where you can access these podcast episodes. I've got my own blog with everything to do with self-leadership and I've also got a shop. I have started a gratitude challenge with a group of people um, via a, a private Facebook group community and the link to join that group is in the show notes. So watch this space, there's going to be lots of exciting things happening in the self-leadership front and this is wholly aimed at 
helping group fitness instructors with their self-belief, with their confidence, um, to show up every single day as the best version of themselves. So I cannot wait to share this with you uh, and this will happen in good time. I just want to make sure that everything is right and spot on before I launch it out to, to everybody. So watch this space. So this is episode 20 of the Lindsay Morrison podcast and it gives me huge, huge pleasure to welcome on the one and only Kylie Gates to the podcast. So thank you so much for taking time out to, to come on and just share your experiences, your knowledge, your expertise with the listeners today. Thank you so much, Lindsay. My pleasure. Um, I love doing these podcasts. So thanks again for inviting me. Um, so for anyone who's listening to the podcast, maybe for the first time or is new mm. to the fitness industry or Les Mills, could you just explain exactly who Kylie Gates is and what do you do? <laughs> okay. Uh, so who I am. So who I am in Les Mills is I am a creative director and a creative director. Uh, basically, Jackie always says, we are the people that edit the classes. <laughs> so it's a good way to um, explain. So I guess it's um, making changes, steering the program and, and the product, making sure that it's on, on point, that it's in the direction we want it to go. Um, so I'm a, I'm a creative director, I'm one of. Um, there's a couple of other ones as well. Uh, I've got about five programs that I look after and um, but then I help with other programs as well. I'm head program coach for Body Pump and then I coach a couple of other pro products as well uh, in the filming weeks and yeah I guess the other part of my job is kind of the one of the faces of Lesmos as well so doing masterclass filmings, LMOD, um, anything that my job is has lots of I have lots of hats that I wear <laughs> um, because I still really love all that I, I love the education for instructors. That's um, a real passion of mine. So I'm still involved in that, particularly with Body Pump, Body Balance and CX Works, those three programs. Um, yeah, so that keeps me really busy. Um, we haven't been traveling this year, so obviously, but it's still been a really busy time. Um, with getting you know lots of all the streaming classes out for instructors and um, g giving as many resources as we can um, from head office here in New Zealand and I've been in the this is my 30th year of teaching which wow. completely blows my mind because <laughs> I, I probably never thought of it as a career when I first started I started teaching and I've kind of worked myself through the ranks, you know, I started teaching classes and my, my, I remember my dad sort of saying, you know, you're going to get a real job. And I was like, well, this is a pretty good job, dad. <laughs> um, I get to exercise and get paid and we have so much fun. Um, and that was even, that was in the freestyle days before um, Les Mills came in. And uh, prior to that, I was a professional dancer. So it was kind of a, a nice, easy transition. Um, being on stage all my life. So then that's when I went into fitness. And uh, yeah, 30 years later, still, I've been with Les Mills for 25 years. So a long time. I uh, was with the Australian agency for a long time as a trainer, did about 20 years as a, a trainer and presenter. And that's really my passion is that facilitation and developing other people. That's 
It's really my passion. Um, I'm doing coaching as well, life coaching. And I love seeing results through that. It's, it's for me is, is just helping people to reach their potential. Um, Cause I think not everyone, um, you know, they might look at other people and think, Oh, wow, I want to be doing that. Or, you know, how did they get there? So it's, it's really helping people to enable themselves to be able to see that they can actually get there and move them forward. Um, so that's, yeah, that's my real passion um, and why I guess I've still been in the fitness industry. So whether it's sort of for physical, physical results or whether it's mental results or whatever they want to get is just to um, make, make people feel good about what they're doing and empower them really. That's why I do what I do. Yeah. So hopefully that kind of sums up um, a little bit of, of who I am and, and Liz Mills. Um, I mean, we're the, we are group fitness providers and we are, I think, definitely the best company in the world. We are backed by science. And I think that's our, that's our real tagline that, that no one else around the world is doing. We are backed by that research department and all our products um, are well thought through and trialed and tested. Um, yeah, we've got lots of exciting things in the pipeline. So we never stop. I think that's the key with Lesmos. And that's one of the things I love about Lesmos and have done for so long is the fact that we're always innovating and, and never just sitting and thinking, oh, we're the, we're the top in the group fitness arena. We're always trying to, to step it up all the time. And so that makes me personally want to step up, you know, having um, a, working for a company that just keep raising the bar, <laughs> which is pretty incredible. Yeah. Mm. What about outside of Les Mills? So if you were to take off your Les Mills mm. hat, you've just said you wear many hats. So who's highly yeah. outside of Les Mills? What are your passions there? What do you like to do outside of group fitness? Yes, um, I have a few hobbies. I guess when I was um, really in, when I was in Australia, I was a trainer and working lots of weekends, um, I think for like 20 years, um, I didn't really have a lot of other um, time, I guess, to, um, you know, to, to, to have hobbies. Whereas now that I'm settled in Auckland, um, I, I get some weekends, we, we sort of still film on weekends and things, but um, I get mostly weekends. And so I have found my passion again for sewing. Um, I make my own clothes and that's sort of a family tradition that's been passed on to me. I uh, did it in my twenties and then sort of uh, stopped doing it and now I'm really all about that because um, I want to be, I want to sort of live in that sustainable world as well and make my own clothing. Um, obviously I have the Reebok clothing <laughs> um, that we get sponsored by. Uh, so I, I wear that, that's my gym gear. And then, um, yeah, one of my goals this year was to, to not buy anything. So, and really all yourself. Yeah. So just make all yeah, your make it make it all myself. And and then I really hope uh, we've got some great stores here which sell fabrics and they um, are sustainable and, and use great, you know, they get great fabrics. So I really want to help them as well. So I yeah, so that's kind of my passion. That's what I do. And that's something that I can actually um, really zone out and it's a creative outlet for me is to sort of design something and then make it. Um, I also like to give it as gifts to people, 
which is handmade, which I think is really special. Um, Diana Mills has quite a few of my creations. <laughs> um, she nicely wears everything. <laughs> um, no, I think she does like it, but she's got she's got a, a great body to be able to put clothes on. So it's, um, yeah, that's one of my passions. My other passion is uh, spending time with my husband and enjoying uh, New Zealand and just, you know, we like to go away on weekends. I never, I never was able to do that for so long. And so now we try and go away and do road trips as much as we can. And just sometimes we don't, we may know where we're going, but we don't book anywhere. We just sort of head out and, and see where we want to go. Um, and then yoga, yoga is my other um, real passion that I guess I'm always looking for things that take me away from work and give me that mental break and just, yeah, bring joy to my life. So yoga is the thing that I do. I know it's a physical thing. So I try, you know, yeah. So obviously you've got your classes and everything that you do and you work out. So, but that's something that I'm giving back to my body and it's restorative. So that's, yeah, that's something else I do. And then um, love to, love to have friends over and, just um you know hang out with people and um yeah just have conversations um through this training course i've been doing for coaching i've sort of met a whole new network of people so that's really cool as well so yeah just meeting new people and um sharing food you know food's the best <laughs> sharing food um some wine and you know just conversation great conversation so that's kind of me yeah Amazing. outside of Les Mills <laughs> what, what would be then a typical day for you um, so just to give um, the listeners a bit of context so right now it is Tuesday the 12th is it 12th 11th 12th it's the uh, 11th because it's it was one of my members birthday today <laughs> Tuesday the 11th at 8am yep. New Zealand time and it's Monday the 10th uh, yes. Gone past 9pm UK time. So you've literally, when did you get up this morning? What's a typical day for you? I know you've already taught, um, but what yeah. does day look like? <laughs> I'm one of those crazy instructors that teaches at 6am. I love the early morning workouts. Uh, I, I teach three of them a week. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and even the other days I get up and do a workout. I just love training in the morning. It just sets my... I think the main thing is it really gets my mindset really in a good space. So I feel good. I've moved my body and my headspace is right. So that's really important for me. So today, yeah, so I'm talking to you and then I've got to prepare for, we're filming some workouts of the day, a new, new concept that's going on demand, Lesmos on demand. So it's, they're not the classes. They're actually just little workouts with, um, some of the program directors and myself and a few of us. Um, and I'm going to do some vinyasa flow uh, workouts. So there is some vinyasa with the Lesmos yoga on the platform. And I always get um, messages saying, can you make some more yoga? Can you make some more yoga? Um, unfortunately, as a product, we're not going to go down that avenue because we have body balance, body flow. Uh, but with these workouts of the day, I thought I would specialize in the yoga spa, uh, space and do a vinyasa flow, which is a little bit more like a power yoga, so more athletic type style yoga. Um, so I've got those, so I need to prepare for those. And I think 
I'm doing an extra one that I didn't count on. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm doing three of them. So I need to spend a couple of hours this morning just getting those right. And then I'll go in and film those. Um, and tonight I have a coaching call. <laughs> so um, yeah, so with a client. So yeah, so I'm doing, that's kind of my day to day. Um, you know, tomorrow I've got a couple of classes I teach body balance on a Wednesday, um, again, early morning, plus I teach a lunchtime class. I still mentor instructors as well. So I've got a new girl starting with me tomorrow. Um, but yeah, the, the days are always different. That's one of the things I love about my job. Right now, we're, we've just, uh, we've filmed some of the athletic products. So the filming is a little bit different this round and we're not filming for another few weeks with the Iconics. Um, but we've just filmed like CX and Sprint, all the athletic ones, Grit. So now we're in the writing the notes, getting all the education ready. So I'm sort of doing bits of that. Oh, plus we're just getting all the music for the next round. <laughs> so that takes up a lot of time is um, listening and defining the, the playlists that we're going to go for, which, you know, so, um, we have a lot, I mean, with CX, I know yesterday I went through the tracks and there was like 20 songs. So sometimes we put in that many songs because we don't always get the songs that we want. So we just have backups. So just getting all the music. So now we're sort of in, we're doing the post-production for the last round and then we're, we're getting the next round ready. <laughs> so there's lots of pieces going on. Uh, and then there's just all these little projects that come up um, daily. And of course you've got all your emails and all your sort of your day to day stuff that, that happens. Yeah. But I only teach, I teach uh, six classes a week. So a couple of pumps, a couple of balance and a couple of CX. So I have a good balance. And then my own training, I do grip twice a week. That's, that's the thing that I do. And then, um, and then yes, yeah, spare time I do yoga and walking. I think it's the other thing that I really enjoy doing in nature. Lots of, lots of walks out inside outside if i can you know um yeah during covid did you find that you were exercising more or did it have the opposite effect how, how did you cope during covid in terms mm. of keeping mm. physically active um during that time yeah i think it was really important for me to try and keep my routine up I did, I did the same thing. I got up at um, five o'clock <laughs> and uh, did a workout in the garage. And I just tried to keep to my same routine as if I was teaching. Uh, and that kept me, well, that just made me, because it was really busy through that time. So it was, basically I'd been overseas and my husband and I got back and then we had to go into the quarantine and then it was kind of locked down. So it all sort of happened quick. Um, and we had, to, we were getting all the classes out for instructors for streaming and we, it was all hands on deck. It was just, I was probably doing more hours than I do in the office. It was like crazy busy. Um, so the exercise was really important to get my headspace right. And then also just to, um, you know, keep up your training cause you don't want to, yeah, I just, it was important for me to feel good, um, in my body. So I don't think. I think going back to classes, well, I did live streaming first before we went back to live classes, but 
even um, doing the live streaming. I think that really helped to keep my fitness up. And But I just tried to keep it the, exactly the same and I didn't feel much change. Although it is, I think it is slightly different when you've got people in front of you, <laughs> um, rather than even just the camera or doing it in your garage, you know, you may not, you may sort of miss a rep or <laughs> two, <laughs> uh, not quite get the full range. Um, but yeah, the exercise is so important. Um, obviously, you know, just to, for me, it's all about, as I've gotten older, it's more about my headspace and making me feel really strong and putting me in the right headspace for the day. Yeah, that's the big thing. But I definitely just tried to keep up because I, I don't know, I'm pretty disciplined though. I am a disciplined person. I've learned that from a young age through dancing has given me that discipline and I'm a creature of habit. <laughs> so I think, I think that with the two things combined, um, I couldn't not do it. Um, you know, I'm even, I exercise when I go on holiday. So I'm one of those people. <laughs> I love the feeling of exercise and, uh, you know, I know I, my body also needs a break. So I just try and do different things when I'm on holiday. Yeah. So with your experience through COVID, um, because obviously in New Zealand, um, your, your little country, just you just stormed COVID and came out of it and, and you're mm. back to normal. Um, whereas for, you know, there's many countries around the world where they're still struggling and certainly here in Scotland, the fitness industry is not back to any sort of functioning way at the moment. Everything is still closed. But mm. do you have any key learnings from your experience of being in lockdown and coming out and going back to teach that you can share with any instructors that are listening? Mm, absolutely. I think, um, yeah, I remember the first live streaming class I did. I was actually very, very nervous. And, you know, I mean, I've got years and years of experience, but it was just that it was almost, it was a good thing to go through, actually. It was, it, the first thing I noticed about myself when I got really nervous is I thought, I still really love this, you know, and I think that's, that's important because we talk about this in advanced training is, you know, really showing your enjoyment and show your love because when you teach from that place, people feel that, you know, um, and we know that it's all about how you make people feel. So I, I feel like that was the first thing that sort of really hit me hard was like, whoa, this is, I'm really nervous about this and that's because I care and I still really love what I do. And I think that was the first thing. And then um, when I did the first live stream, it was, it was interesting. I, I hadn't never done anything like that before. And, and then you get all these messages coming up on the screen and uh, I could actually, it, it really felt, I could feel people. That's, that's how it felt for me. It felt great. And so I think for instructors that haven't done the live streaming, get out and do it. It made me feel so connected back to people again, because of course, you know, you, we are all locked down in our, in our houses and, you know, you're just with, I mean, for me, it's just me and my husband. So it's just the two of us. And then, you know, you're talking to people over balconies or things like that. Um, and, you know, there's that social element, which is so important. And for me, that is really why I teach. It's my connection piece. It's the piece where I could be at home all day or in the office all day and I may not talk to people. And then it's my teaching that it's, that's my, it's the, it's the thing that fills me up. You know, it's that, it's that piece that you need in your life. And um, I am quite an introvert. 
So I sort of found that the, the COVID wasn't too bad, although you do get to a stage where it's, you go a bit stir crazy and you just need to get out. But I didn't mind, uh, you know, being at home and just sort of having that, that quiet time. But you definitely need to have that connection, I think. Uh, so the live classes or the streaming classes, live streaming classes are, are just a way to really reach out and, and feel like you're, you're connected back into people again. Because it's easy to sort of just feel like you're on your own. Um, so that's definitely, I think, for instructors to, to, to get in and do, and do that. And just the response you get back is, is really quite incredible. People are very grateful and, um, you know, and I know I get messages daily still now where people say, you know, the, um, having the, the classes on demand or being able to do these live streaming classes is like a savior. Mm -hmm. Is that the thing that's keeping them going? So we're all really part of that. And that's, you know, that's again, what I love about our company and we're all connected, even though we're all spread, you know, so in so many countries around the world, but we are all connected because of this um, crazy fitness class classes that we do. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think it's, if, if instructors can stream, um, and do Zoom classes, you know, we did some, like we had to create the new classes online, you know, so Glenn was, it was so funny because the connection wasn't so good. And so it looked like our timing was really bad. <laughs> well, I was going, have you got your timing, mate? You know, <laughs> so it was like, but it was just the, the delay, you know, and that was fun. That was so good. And he loved it. He just loved having us there, we got sort of the staff involved and, um, and people gave feedback and, and things. So it was a great way for the program directors to, to, you know, get their classes out and start to get some feedback. Um, and we all need that as human beings. We kind of need that, that social connection, don't we? Mm, yeah. yeah. And what about your first class back after being in lockdown? You know, what did mm. you teach and how did it feel? And have you any advice for instructors who are going back now to teach live classes? Yeah, so we definitely, we went through stages here in New Zealand. Um, I think a lot of people were nervous coming back. The classes weren't so busy. And I guess I kind of thought everyone would come back. And so that was, particularly at Auckland City, where you've got that big room where you need, you know, 150 people to make it feel like it's, you know, you need the big classes. And I remember my lunchtime because a lot of people were still working from home. Uh, the Auckland City Club is right in the middle of um, Auckland and it's the business district. So that class, um, which normally gets around 120, was, um, you know, I would say a quarter of that. And I was like, whoa, this is, um, you know, I was shocked at first, I must admit. But then I really realized that, okay, well, these people are here. Let's just, you know, really take in these people. I encourage them to come forward as much as they could, you know, and not hide at the back. Um, and really wanted to, my biggest thing was really to, yeah, let's, let's make this connection thing. Let's amplify that because yes, you have been doing the classes at home. And I remember a couple of times I said to them, Hey guys, remember those um, virtual classes? This is not one of those. <laughs> so you can talk back, you know, because they, then they don't really, you know, say too much. Um, they, they're pretty reserved here in New Zealand. Um, 
but it, it did it did create laughter and I think they were definitely grateful and just coming back to the gym just started to have some normality for people but I think for instructors the big piece is what are you going to do that's different that's that will really enhance the experience for the people um, versus you know because they have been doing the the classes either a live stream or you know doing the lesmos on demand so it's like okay how am i going to make this different so my thing was to really amplify my connection you know i'm still going to do my coaching cues and you know i'm an educator by heart so i'm still going to do that but i'm going to instead of just talking about the squat and where your knees should be i'm going to focus a bit more on on them you know making them feel good about being there and making them feel safe as well so for me it was really around um you know that connection yeah and not just you know obviously before class um but we had to wipe you know wipe equipment and all that sort of stuff so there's a bit of bit of that going on but obviously we've been, I think it's been a couple of, it's, yeah, it's been a couple of months now where 100 days or something, I think, where we've been um, open and, and now the classes um, are, are pretty much back. I would say the Auckland Club, not as much because I teach lunchtime. So those classes, I think that what's happened is the, the uh, you know, so the mornings and the evenings uh, have actually, gotten back to normal and nice high high numbers and the lunch times is not quite as busy because not everyone's back in the offices but at the new market club i teach um like that's actually the lesbos on demand has increased attendance mm -hmm. like it's gone through the roof it's unbelievable and the biggest thing is people doing classes that they had never done you know like they say to me oh i didn't realize you did that body balance program <laughs> you know and yeah because they only know me from pump you know yeah. so that's been interesting um a lot of people doing cx works as well and then then the dance programs because then you know they're not always as visible on the timetable mm -hmm. as um your pumps and combats and things like that so that's been really great for for the members to to try something different we've also had an offer over here where they can stay with the lesmos on demand um, membership as well as their gym membership for a discounted rate and a lot of them are, are enjoying that you know a lot of them are, st are sort of saying okay i can do a mix of both you know i can still come to the gym because um, nothing beats that live experience they do love that um, but then they might for convenience still have the lesmos on demand just to do a couple of workouts at home so that's sort of been a um yeah but I think, you know, again, I just, even now it's still like the live experience is, you know, yeah, we just don't want to take it for granted. Anything could happen over here. We know in different parts of the world, things have opened and then shut again. So it's like really making the most of it. Um, and, and it's not just from our side as an instructor you know, or the participant side, it's, it's from our side as well, like really enjoying that social aspect and not just not just taking it for granted you know really making those connections and i know for me having those people come back has been huge you know it has been a really big um yeah like i know they really want to come back they could do it at, online at home but they want to come back to that live experience so i've been really grateful and i think that's been the biggest thing that's that shifted in my teaching 
is to just, you know, really thank people for coming back and thank them for uh, bringing their energy and their positive, their, you know, their positive vibe into the class. Yeah, because nothing does beat that live experience. It is quite, I heard someone actually say it this morning, just, you know, nothing. They love doing, Tuesday mornings is um, my, probably my favorite class of the week. And it's, it's a really packed pump class and everyone works really, really hard and really goes for it. There's a little bit of almost competition going on in the room. <laughs> you can get that sense. And um, which is, which is good. It's a, it's a good challenge, you know, good competition, healthy, healthy competition. Yeah. So, but everyone's, yeah, really happy to be back. And um, yeah, I think there's definitely, you know, it's like, what is, what did you learn from COVID? Um, we know that we love that social aspect and we love the live classes. So I think there's a, a, a sense of appreciation from both, both ends. Yeah. I think what you've described will give some confidence into instructors that are just going back to classes. You know, what you've described that it was a bit quieter at the start, but give it time, people yes. will come back. You just got to kind of trust that things will not return to normal to the way it was, but it will shift and change and evolve again, you know? Exactly. And yeah, and definitely the beginning because everyone, everyone is, is going to be feeling different about the situation. Um, and we were open, but it wasn't completely, you know, it wasn't sort of like back, back to normal. We were open, but there was restrictions around how we were going to operate. And I think that's the thing that people, not everyone, you know, some, I know a, a good friend of mine, um, has someone older in their household. So they didn't want to go back to the gym just in case anything, you know, happened there. So I, yeah, there's a lot of people that were still nervous, um, but trust it and keep building the, the right energy for the members. And like, seriously, the numbers are just going through the roof now. It's yeah, it's taken a couple of months, but now it's, it's really amplified. And I, I can, all I can see is just the positives from it you know, that everyone is not only grateful, they're doing it, they're, they're doing a mix of classes. So they're not just doing one type of program as well. Um, so there's been so many good benefits that have come from it. And I think you, you have to look at it that way, don't you? Because yeah. that is something, something really traumatic has, has, has some real positives, you know, that come with it. And, um, and you just that, just that piece around everyone wanting to be there is really important and we play a big role in that as instructors we can you know we can encourage the members to you know maybe there's someone next to you that's been standing next to you for the last two years and you don't even know their name you know it's like we can encourage a lot of that connection to come back um and and amplify that even more yeah so we have got lots of questions that came in um, via Instagram stories and on social media, predominantly yes. from the Les Mills US group. Actually, I had tons of questions from the US instructors. Um, so if you wouldn't mind, I'm just going to run through those questions just now. Sure. Um, okay. So the first one we have is, how do you keep your passion for Les Mills alive? You've, you've obviously said at the start of the podcast that you're a 30 year kind of anniversary <laughs> 25 years with Les Mills. So how, yeah. how do you create longevity in your career with Les Mills? Oh, longevity. I think um, as far as a teacher, I mean, well, that's why we designed the advanced training because that's all about 
you know, filling your classes and having longevity. And, you know, I um, put that together with Jackie, with sort of the, the, the people behind all, all the concepts. I think the first concept is around leadership and, you know, knowing your why. I mean, I know that, you know, I do what I do because it's bigger than me and I'm part of something. Um, I have been a teacher since I was 14. So I love actually, you know, it's like that thing I used to show the kids how to do it and then they would do it. And I'd be like, oh my God, that's so, they're actually doing what I'm asking them to do. It's sort of that thing. Um, I love, and I love seeing people progress and um, really get something and feel good about it. So that's, you know, teaching is just, um, it just fills me up. It's just something that I really love to do. And I really love the Lesmos system because we have every three months, we have these new classes and I've done freestyle teaching where you create your own and I'm a yoga teacher as well. So I do my own practice, but I love that we get this new music, this new template, and then we get this new opportunity to reinvent yourself as an instructor. So, so even though I have been teaching a long time, I never, I mean, obviously there's a level you get to, I think there's a level you get to and you go, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm solid. You know, I'm solid in this program, but how can I actually make it better? What do I need to work on? What are my gaps? So I think the biggest thing is I've always, uh, I haven't always had a mentor. I've had people that I've looked up to, but I've really taken that ownership myself to go, okay, what, what can I do to create a better experience? So rather than looking at myself and sort of picking myself apart, I've kind of looked at more like the whole experience. How can I make this experience better? Because it's not just about me. It's obviously around the music and then the workout and me, right? And the people, you know? So it's, it's the mix of everything. It's like sometimes, you know, I think um, I've fallen into the trap of sort of thinking, oh, I need, to, I need to say more. Well, no, because the music's doing that. Right, I probably need to shut up more, you know, and let the music come through. So I've gone through phases where I've worked on different concepts, um, but I, I just believe that every three months we get this opportunity to reinvent ourselves. And even after teaching all this time, um, yeah, I think why not go for it? You know, keep keep adjusting, keep tweaking little things. Um, and my big thing is, you know, I set objectives when I teach. So I always have, you know, class objectives. What do I want? What do I want to, what do I want to teach the guys tonight or this morning or whatever it is? Because if, especially when you're doing a release that you've done maybe for a few, a few weeks, you know, I find this with body balance because we tend to stay with the release a little bit longer is I'll just go with a different focus. So tonight you know, I'll say, okay, tonight I'm going to focus on alignment, right? So then my class will be, I'll give them those extra things and they'll often say, oh, that was a great tip around, you know, the triangle pose, or I didn't, I didn't realize I was doing that. And then other times will be a, a class objective around music. So I think is those little challenges you set for yourself as an instructor. And the other thing is I don't overteach and I have overtaught before in my life. And I, I feel like I just can become complacent and just a little bit like, oh, same, same. Or, and I hear myself and it's kind of like, oh, no, you know, I don't want to keep you just saying the same cue. So I don't over teach. And I think that is what gives you longevity as well. Now looking at it, 
um, obviously, you know, in previous times I've had to teach for, um, for my income, but it's like finding that balance because if you overdo anything, you're going to become complacent in it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm always looking at um, ways that I can have longevity. And I think uh, the biggest, the biggest thing that has kept me physically able to do what I do is body balance. I'd say that without a doubt is mobility. So never underestimate the mobility because, you know, to be able to do um, all the classes, you need that. And I know that often it's when you get injured or when you get to a stage in your life where you're a bit older, then everyone says, oh, I'll go and do body balance or I'll go and do yoga. But if you can do that alongside everything else, it's going to really help. So that's, I always say that's my secret weapon. <laughs> body balance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's so good. Yeah. Um, next question is, which Lesmos classes are you not certified in that you have a huge admiration for the coaches or the instructors? I think grit, actually. So I'm not certified in that. I think um, if that had come out when I was in my 20s, <laughs> when I first started, if grit had been, that was the style of um, training I used to do, like a lot of circuit style training um and sort of those intervals so i would have loved to talk grit back in the day um and i taught body attack for many years uh so i think grit's the one that i really admire the coaches i really i love all the floor coaching i mean that whole concept of of um you know showing something and then and then working with people which i did years ago with circuit training and i really like that because you get you get up close and personal but I love, I think the, the biggest quality I love around grit instructors is their kind of fearless attitude and uh, their motivation. I learn, I, actually, that's one of the reasons why I do grit twice a week. I'm always listening for their motivation cues <laughs> because you're kind of in that stage where you're like, oh my God, I don't want to do any more. I want to stop right now. And then it's that thing that they say that will keep me going. Um, so yeah, I think there's, because that's one thing that I tend to work on is my motivational language. Um, I know that I can be better in that, in that space. So I like, I like listening to what they say and what kind of gels with me. Cause obviously, you know, everyone's got their unique style. It's important to, to make sure it's, it's kind of comes from you and it fits your personality and you know, the way that you might may coach. Yeah, so I really like grit. I think it would be the one. <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> yeah. And you're a gritter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we had a bit of a giggle about this question and it, before we started recording, and it has come up, and it's what do you eat in a typical day? <laughs> okay, okay. So I guess my, my eating um, has changed over the years, and it's funny, I've sort of gone back to... Um, three meals a day, <laughs> which, you know, I've gone through this, uh, lots of different trends and, you know, grazing and eating lots of small meals, but I tend to just, um, I do fast. I often fast and that's, that's purely because I, I'm never hungry in the morning. So because I've been up at five, done exercise, I don't usually, so it's coming up nine o'clock here. So I'll probably eat around 10. Um, and wait till I'm sort of hungry and then um, eat breakfast, um, which is always <laughs> the same thing. Um, but it's an omelette. I make 
two eggs, um, sardines. I've, I've gone off tuna because of the mercury in, um, in tuna, but sardines are not my favorite, but they're very good for you. Um, goat's cheese and vegetables. So that's sort of my breakfast. And then it's usually around the four hour mark, I'm hungry again. So I can sort of go for about four hours. Then uh, my lunch will always be vegetables or salad and a protein and some carbs. So I make my own um, paleo bread, like a vegetable, it's kind of like a vegetable bread um, with broccoli or zucchini. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's really nice. That's sort of my carb or sometimes some kumara um, and then some vegetable and then just depends whether it's chicken or some red meat, something like that, mince. And then dinner, um, well, my favorite food is salmon. So I'd love to have a piece of salmon every night. Doesn't happen every night, but that would be my favorite meal in the evening. Um, and that's, yeah, I only teach one night a week. So most of the time I try and have um, dinner, you know, reasonably early or eat dinner a couple of hours before I go to bed. Um, now that I have this polar watch, it kind of tells you it gives you so much information, which I'm addicted to it. Um, <laughs> I try and eat early because then my heart rate variability is better and all those sort of things. Um, yeah, and then drinking lots of water. I love coffee. Um, I have about four cups of coffee a day. <laughs> um, just black coffee. I don't have, um, yeah, don't have milk. Uh, peppermint tea, just water. I don't snack a lot now. So I find that what I've done is I do cook with fat and I've increased my fats. So I'm actually not hungry. So the only, the, the reason why I used to sort of graze or, you know, be looking for extra food was because I was cutting my calories too low mm -hmm. and now, and not having enough um, healthy fats. So now I have avocado, um, coconut oil. Um, yeah, just all good fats. Mm -hmm. And I cook in fat as well. So I'm not scared to have fats. Um, and because that actually fills me up. So I don't, I'm, I'm not hungry anymore. And, you know, weekends, I mean, maybe on the weekend I might have it, you know, oh, okay. So if I have a treat, um, I like to make, um, carrot, carrot cake, oh, <laughs> gluten-free. I, I, yeah, I love, I love cake. So, but I make a healthy cake. <laughs> kind of healthy <laughs> still I think it's yeah it's still it's pretty healthy um yeah the chocolate can't go past chocolate right so chocolate's pretty cool but I'm not really a big sweet tooth I'm more of a savory so I will um my I, I guess my my yeah my thing that I would crave would be a sausage roll <laughs> like a savory homemade so a really good one with beautiful homemade pastry, like you can get some, yeah, some real nice bakeries around here. But that's, um, that's usually when I go on a road trip, I'll have something like that. <laughs> so that's kind of what I have. So it's very, I mean, Jackie and I did a, a Q&A for LMOD and we both sort of said that, you know, over the years we've tried so many different things, but we just like those sort of home cooked meals and just um, I prepare, so I always have my, my meals ready. I cook, I cook my breakfast and my lunch the night before, so I take it to work. And then when that's eaten, it's kind of like a lunchbox. When it's gone, it's gone. It's like, okay, then you don't look for anything else. Um, and then I have that sort of set thing every day. Um, 
And yeah, you know, now and again, yesterday, I know there was some brownies or something in the office, but I just go, no, don't need it. <laughs> I think for me, I just really notice if I have sugar, that's a big thing for me now. I really notice if I have um, something with sugar in it, it, it just, yeah, kind of makes me go into a slump. <laughs> so I just know it doesn't make me feel good. So I try and avoid that. But yeah, I, I don't avoid fats. Um, so definitely have carbs as well and um, protein and lots of veggies and just, I guess, what your grandmother would cook you, right? Yeah. <laughs> the old fashioned stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Try and limit. Um, yeah. And that's why I prepare my food because then I know what I put in there. Um, and that's, that's important for me. Yeah. And then you're less likely to go eating the brownies. Oh. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the next question is a complete opposite end of the scale. We went going from food to programs. So is there a long-term roadmap for the concepts in each program? So how far ahead are you advancing with the programs and what does the future sort of look like? Mm, yeah, good question. I think every program is slightly different. So there's not one roadmap for all of them. Uh, we've, got, we've got the programs in categories. So we have the athletic programs, which is CX and grit, sprint. Uh, I think that's it. I think it's just those ones in the athletic. And then we have the iconic, which is like your, your body pump, your body combat, RPM, body balance, they all sit. Or body balance actually sits in the mind body and in iconic because it's obviously been around for a long time. Um, and then we have those mind body ones. So we have the, the bar, um, the body balance sits in there. Uh, tone sits in. Tone is again, kind of can sit in the athletic and in the, in the, the mind body. And I guess what, what that's telling us is that the programs will go through phases. So tone is still relatively new, bar is still new. Um, and we're just sort of seeing what is the personality of the product and then where does it fit alongside the other products? Um, and then what is, yeah, what is the, the future for that product? So each product is slightly different. Um, and I think, you know, if we look back over the years, um, there's, you know, there's been trends where, particularly when grit, I think that's a big, a big one that came out. And I think instructors really noticed it. It was kind of like, oh, we've got grit in pump and we've got a bit of grit in a body attack. And, you know, because it influence, it does influence. And we know that the hit type of training is what people want. It's great to get results fast, but then we always come back. So it's kind of, we might go three or four steps ahead, but then we sort of come back to, oh no, Pump is weight training. You know, this is, this is, we want to keep to that, that promise of what the product is. Um, as far as longevity, we don't predict too far ahead, although we're always looking at the trends and seeing what's out there. And, um, you know, you look at pump and you think, you know, I, I actually, when it first came out and I saw it in 95, I never thought it would still be, you know, I just never thought it would be as big as what it is. And, it's still killing it, you know, it's still doing so well. And it's, it's just a, a product that people want to do, you know, it's, it's accessible for everybody. Um, yeah, so 
the future of all the products, I think they all go on their own journey and we, we're pretty much looking 12 months out. We don't um, go too much further than that. Yeah. Is there any, anything in the pipeline that you can, you know, I think the big one is um, that's really amazing that's going on demand and some of the instructors would have hopefully had a little taster of it was the stretch program mm -hmm. um, that we are um, bringing out and that's going to that's not going to go to clubs as yet but hopefully eventually we'll go to clubs um, and then Diana also talked about these um, well basically like a, a summer series so just having products for a short period of time and we're looking at that so that's that's our next thing that's sort of coming out yeah but obviously you know with COVID right now and we're really aware that clubs you know are just not in a position to take on new products so we're just trying to as much as we can you know we get these opportunities every three months to really you know refresh the product look at it again you know look at all the parts to it and uh sort of see is everything working what needs dialing up what needs dialing down so that always happens every three months but i think particularly right now we are aware that that's super important as well for all of our products to uh one be accessible but also to keep the growth you know for the product yeah um next question what is the legacy that you would like to leave behind oh <laughs> that's a good question yeah um, I think I haven't actually thought about that. So that's actually a, a really great question. Yeah, I think, I think probably what comes to mind straight away is I've always tried to be a role model and that's the biggest thing is to, uh, look the part, be, um, but yeah, really, but be, accessible for people i think and be real and show all sides to yourself so if i can leave a legacy is to to be that role model but obviously but be human as well i think that's important and um you know uh yeah just to be a strong leader i think is is how i want to show up and um encourage people as i said before my why is just to for people to believe in themselves. So I think that's really my legacy is to, is to pass that on and inspire and influence as much many people as I can, you know, um, whether it's big or small, like I don't, I think that's something that sometimes we get a little bit hung up on is how big, you know, you, you can just have one person in your class tell you that, you know, you've changed their life it's and you, we all have experienced that and it's it's a, it's amazing you know and it's powerful what we do as instructors is life-changing and you know i think never never to compare yourself to others that's something my mum taught me a long time ago um i remember coming home from dance school sort of saying i'm not as good as everyone else you know um <laughs> and she just taught me you know you just you don't look sideways you just look forward and I, it's kind of how I've lived my life. And yeah, just not to compare, you know, um, just know that you're on the journey, you're doing something really great. And, um, and to keep, I think the other thing is just, just to keep being a better human, you know, 
yeah so obviously teaching and all the skills that we get from teaching are, are really important and you know can really help people but it's also living that being who that is all the time you know uh to not just your participants to to everybody and just becoming a better human yeah i think you might have answered this next part to the question but it, I'll, I'll ask it anyway um what is the one piece of advice that you've carried with you throughout your whole career so it might be what your mum's said to you about not comparing yourself or it might be something different yeah um so what so the question is one piece of one advice that you carry with you through your whole career yeah okay well i think you know the comparison thing is is a really good um so what that my my mother has instilled in in me is to um you know she just believed in me so much and still does you know it's like i could do anything you know and i'd be thinking mom i can't do that you know but she'd be like you can do it um so that she's just instilled in me that belief you know a real strong self-belief and along the way there's you know there's always going to be little things that rock you and um, might take you off your path but i guess is um I always listen to my gut. I'm a very, I'm very intuitive in my, you know, in my gut and I, I tune into that. So that's been, you know, my, that's been my sort of um, guide, guide throughout my life. I also have another little, um, I guess I've just had mantras. So it's, a, it's around controlling what you can control um, because, you know, even in this situation that's happening, happening in the world, it's like, yeah, we can, you know, get really um, frazzled about it and really let it overtake us. Or we can just sort of go, okay, what can I control? You know, this other stuff, I can't control it. So I need to let it go. Um, and that's probably been the biggest piece of advice that, that I've ever, um, that I still use now. Um, it's kind of just to ground myself and in, into my own self-belief and what's important for me. And then, um, yeah, just control what I can control. <laughs> I think that's a, that's a good one. That's really helped me a lot. Um, so I've just got some quick fire questions to finish with. Okay. So don't overthink it. Just yep. go with your gut. <laughs> go with your gut. <laughs> uh, so what is your favorite thing in your wardrobe right now? Apart from Reebok. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, favorite thing would be right now because it's winter in New Zealand is just my long sleeve tops. Yeah, that I wear. <laughs> Do you have any pets? No pets. Would you like a pet? Like, if you could have a pet, what would you have? Oh, I'd love to have a dog. But up until now, I've been still traveling, and my husband says I can't have a dog until I stop traveling. <laughs> because he knows that he's going to have to look after it. <laughs> yeah. What is I'd your... love a dog. Oh yeah. Dogs are great. Like, yeah, I could have they're the best lots of dogs. I would have lots of them. Um, what is your biggest pet peeve? So what really annoys you? Hmm. Okay. I'd probably have to say arrogant people. Yeah. Um, if you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go and why? 
Oh, I just for some reason, France just came up in my mind. Um, I've only been to France. I have been a couple of times, but um, to Paris, I went once and was only there for a couple of days and I just wished it was longer. So I'll go with, I'll go with Paris. <laughs> Romantic city. <laughs> <laughs> what is the strangest thing you've ever eaten? Oh, I know, without a doubt. <laughs> when I lived in Malaysia, I had to have fermented fish. We were on a challenge, like a um, scavenger challenge thing. And I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I, I, every time I went down, it was like I was gagging. It was, and apparently they have it quite regularly for breakfast. <laughs> I couldn't even, when I put it up to my nose, it was like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? <laughs> uh, what is the one food you could not give up? Salmon. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt, salmon fish, love it. So, okay, the last two questions are a bit of kind of self-reflection type questions. Um, yes. So, what would you tell your 20-year-old self? <laughs> what would I tell my 20-year-old self? I'd say um, just get out there and make the most of it because life is amazing. Um, yeah, I was pretty confident in my 20s, but um, I probably needed to loosen up a bit. <laughs> Too serious. <laughs> Too serious. I would say, you know, laugh at your mistakes and um, just, you know, try and be more present. And that's something that I've worked on as I've um, gotten older is just to enjoy the simple things in life, you know. Um, so I'd be say, yeah, have a little bit more fun. Don't be too serious. I was pretty driven when I was 20, in my twenties. Yeah. And if we flip that around a bit, what mm. would your 20 year old self be most proud of you for today? Mm. I think, uh, definitely all the achievements that I've had in my career, um, I can honestly say I didn't, I'm not a big goal setter. I don't set really, you know, big, long 10 year goal plans. Um, I've just, because I like to be present, I like to just work at what I'm doing and chip away at it um, with small goals, like weekly goals or daily goals. And then um, all of a sudden, then you look behind, you think, oh, wow, now I'm at this stage in my life. So I think, um, yeah, like for me is, sorry, I got a bit lost on that question then. Can you? It's the, so what would the 20 year old self say to you that they were most proud of for? Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's all the, all the, the fact that I've stayed in the fitness industry, there's no way that I would have thought I would be teaching for 30 years. Like there's just no way. Just, I think that's um, staying power. I call that sort of staying power, having this, um, you know, cause I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't still love it. And so I think is staying so long in the industry and yeah, being a good person at the same time. Was there any time within your career that you thought about leaving the fitness industry or was there any moments where you thought, Oh Jesus, this is mm. no. Yeah. Yeah, I actually remember one time and that was um, in the first sort of five years. That's when I was teaching freestyle before Les Mills came in. I was 
probably pretty burnt out. Mm -hmm. I was teaching about, you know, 15 classes a week, um, making up my own choreography. And it was, it was a lot, it was tiring uh, to be constantly, you know, coming up with stuff. And I was kind of like on that border where I was not sure what I was doing. Um, and, and then Les Mills came out, it was like a savior. <laughs> it was like, but that's the only time since Les Mills, no way. This is like the best job in the world. Yeah. Um, what's the last book that you've read and why would you recommend it? It could be an audio book. I don't know if you listen to books or you read books or what's the last book that you Yeah, read? I just read a book um, last week and now I have to remember the name of it because it's, a, um, it's in the other room. I could go get it, but... Uh, <laughs> um, I can't remember the name of it, but it's a very simple book. You can read it in like an hour. And it was given to me by a very special friend. Um, and it's, it's, it's a beautiful book just on kindness. Yeah. yeah and loving yourself. It's, it's just a really, really simple book. Um, other than that, the other book I'm reading is this one, which is I'm sort of reading the coaching habit. <laughs> ah. The Coaching Habit book, yeah. And Maureen Baker gave me that book, so yeah. I get given lots of books. <laughs> I probably don't read as much because I do um, listen to, I listen mostly to podcasts and things. So it's finding time to sit down and read a book as well. And that's why last week I, I could do it because we were out of town. Um, but I love reading books, yeah. And I want to do more of it. Well, it's been amazing. Like I, could, I could chat to you all day. There's so many different tangents that I want to go off on, but I'm just really conscious of time um, uh, for yourself. You have a busy day and things going on. So I just want to say thank you so much for coming on to my podcast today. It's, it's been a, like, I'm so grateful that you've come on and able to share everything that you have um, in terms of what you've experienced what you've achieved and all your knowledge so thank you so much and um, if anyone wants to find you on social media where is the best place to find you yep so i'm on instagram my handle is kylie gates fitness um i'm also on facebook as well not so much on that one but i'm definitely on uh, the instagram platform and they can message me or um yeah on that so there you have it, episode 20 of the Lindsay Morrison podcast. Be sure to check out my new website, www.lindsaymorrisoncoaching.com. And if you want to jump into my free Facebook group all about self-leadership called Be Your Own Boss, make sure you click the link in the show notes to get access to that. Until next time, bye-bye. You've been listening to the Lindsay Morrison podcast. Be sure to give us a review on iTunes. 